Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If you obey the word of God, if you obey the commandments, If you obey my teaching and you continue to obey my teaching, then you are really my disciples. Here's what happens. People go like, I'm saved. I don't need to obey God. Well, no, you're not even a disciple of Christ because you're not obeying him. It's not an event. It's a lifestyle. So Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, if you obey the word of God, you are my disciples. The Church of Jesus is filled with people who talk the talk, but don't walk the walk. Unfortunately, this is nothing new. Jesus had to deal with people that said they were his followers, but weren't living the life. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about this challenge that all Christ followers have. You'll hear about why it is that you and others have trouble doing what you say you're going to do, obey Jesus' commands. You'll find out what Scripture says the solution is to becoming more consistent in your walk with Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 19 with his continuing study called God's Guardrails, Bondage or Freedom. no sin became sin for us. So when Jesus died on the cross, he became my solution. I didn't have to keep the law perfectly anymore. It was he. So what was the purpose of the law? First purpose of the law, to show me I could never be good enough. Second person of the law, look at Galatians 3, you're right there. Go down to verse 24. Very easy for you to understand. So the law was put in charge. In other words, God gave us the law, notice, to lead us to Christ, to direct us to Christ, to show us that Christ was the only solution, that we might be justified by good works. No, 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 no. By believing in Jesus. Do you understand? So here's the second reason for the law. There's lots more, but I tried to simplify it today because some of you are unfamiliar with it totally. Here's the second. Write it down. The law was given to lead us to Christ. Why? He's the only solution for salvation. I could never be good enough. You could never be good enough. Doesn't matter how many churches you're a part of. Doesn't matter how much, how many times you've been baptized. Doesn't matter how many times you come to church. You'll never be perfect, but there was someone that was. So God gave us the law. It was temporary to lead us 
to the final solution. That solution is what the whole book of Hebrews is about, showing us that the law is very different. Look at Galatians 22. You're right nearby there. The scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom. How? Only by faith. Only by believing in Jesus Christ. So finally... There was a way for sinful man to be right with God. That way is by faith, believing in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Now, something strange happened then. When Jesus came and died and was buried and resurrected, he became the way for me to become a believer. And then Romans 10 Chapter 10, verse 4, something strange happened to the law. Notice, Christ is the end of the law, the Old Testament law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Now, as you look at that verse, what is that saying? Well, the law did its job. Remember, the law was to show you that you and I couldn't be right on our own. And the law was to drive me, to guide me, to to direct me to Jesus Christ so I could have salvation. So everyone can come to salvation through faith in Jesus. Now, here's the question. This is very important you understand this. Okay, the law ended. The law ended. The Old Testament law ended. The Ten Commandments were part of of the Old Testament law. The law's ended. Then why are we going to study the Ten Commandments? Do you have nothing better to do? I mean, if the law is ended, why study something that doesn't apply to us anymore? Aha. Got your attention now, don't I? Well, they still do. Why? Look what happened when the law ended. Galatians 6 Verse 2, you don't have to turn there. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill, uh uh-oh, the law of Christ. This is not the Old Testament law. This is a different law. What is the law of Christ? The law of Christ is what I told you initially. The Ten Commandments are part of the moral law of God. They never change. The ethical things of God, they never change. It doesn't have anything to do with how we worship and all those things. The law of God, it never changes. So the law of Christ is all the commandments that are about moral and right living in the Bible from beginning to end. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, all Scripture is inspired. So after I become a believer, we don't just take these things and you just throw them all out. And now I can just do what I want to do. No. There's still laws. There's still guardrails. Just like Egypt, they were already saved. But God says, here's how you interact with me, and here's how you interact with people. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 22, first book in New Testament, Matthew 22. And let's look how Jesus simplified this law of Christ. But it's really all-encompassing. Matthew 22, 
verse 36. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love your God with, with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is, well, it's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So Jesus just simplified all the commandments into two, and he says, we're to love God, and we're to love others. Now, that's the love of Christ is based on that word, love. It's not based on doing. It's based on love. Love not because I have to love God, but because I get to love God. And so the Ten Commandments are basically based on the law of Christ, the law of love. Now think about this. We talked about this before. If some of you want a little homework, you can go to Romans 13. I don't have time. But Romans 13, 8 through 10 kind of gives you an idea. All the commandments are summed up into love God and love your neighbor. Now, a few months ago, maybe it's a year ago now, we taught about that when we were back in Matthew. The first four commandments are about loving God. The next six commandments are about what? Loving people. That's the cross. See, even in the Old Testament, the cross was in view. That was the hope, because we couldn't keep it. But there was somebody coming who would allow us to keep it. You see on the overhead something that tells me how to live. Jesus said this in John 14, 15. Now, if you love me, you will obey what I command. So obviously the law of Christ includes all the teachings of Jesus. Even though Christ's law is based on grace, commandments and obedience are still required. If we really say we love God and have a relationship with him, then we will obey his word. And that's why we study the Bible. You see, the Bible gives us rules and commands and exhortations and warnings and principles for us to obey. It is our response for Jesus going to the cross that enables me never to try this frustration of being good enough by keeping all the law that gives me this loving response to God. Now, here's the problem. When Jesus came on the scene, keeping of the Ten Commandments and all the rest of the law by the Jewish people, especially the Jewish leaders, had diluted to a very dangerous point. The Jewish people, knowing the commandments, would say something like this. We keep them. It had moved to external. Everything was external. So, one of the commandments, we'll get to it when we get there. You shall not commit adultery. And the Jewish religious leaders would say, never slept with another woman in my life. Never committed adultery. We kept it, man. And Jesus would know their hypocrisy. Here's what he would say to them. Uh, that's what the Old Testament said. But the law of Christ says this. 
if you look at a woman with a little bit of lust, you've already committed adultery where? Whoa. So Jesus took it from the external and took it to where? The internal. Is that more difficult? Let me ask you a question. Now, ladies, don't say, well, I don't have to anything on that commandment. Hey, if you look at that hunk of a guy, sweaty, abs, whatever, don't just give this to the guys. You're just as much a problem as anybody else. So let me ask you a question right now. We're going to be honest. How many, knowing what Jesus just said, if I look at a person with a little bit of sexuality in there, how many have already committed adultery in their heart? Let me see your hand. Raise your hand. High, high, hold it. Not down. High, raise it high. Okay. Those of you that haven't, lying through your teeth. Another commandment already broke. So Jesus would take it to a whole different level. He got sick of the external. And he says, no, 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 we're going back to the heart of the issue. And the heart of the issue is your heart. So what does that mean? The original intent of keeping God's law was always internal. Next thing you want to write is this. We cannot separate true love and real obedience. In other words, if I'm going to say that I love God, but I only try to obey externally what people say, it's not real love. It has to come from the heart. I want you to turn to John 8, if you will. John 8, just a few books over. And we're going to go down to verse 31. As you're turning, look at 1 John. It says this. This is love for God, to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I mean, I come to Christ, I got salvation, but there's just too many no's and yeses and do's. And No, no, they're not burdensome at all. And the reason for that is, as you're going to see in a moment, I don't obey God in my strength. I obey God with his strength. You see, God empowers me to know him. And when I became a Christian, he came and lived within me. So I'm not trying to keep his commandments by myself. I have God operating in me. And it's a powerful thing. I'm free to love God and others because he enables me to do life right. Now, Many of you, if you've been around church at all, you've heard this statement, even from Martin Luther King or whatever. The truth will make you free. I love it. The truth will make me free. But we forget that's not the whole verse. There's a part to it that never is heard in a secular setting. Look at John 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If... If you hold to my teaching, in other words, if you obey the word of God, if you obey the commandments, if you obey my teaching, and you continue to obey my teaching, then you are really my disciples. Here's what happens. People go like, I'm saved. I don't need to obey God. Well, no, you're not even a disciple of Christ because you're not obeying him. It's not an event. It's a lifestyle. So Jesus said, 
If you hold to my teaching, if you obey the word of God, you are my disciples. Ah, now look at verse 32. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Pastor Mark, if I'm saved, why should I obey the commandments of God? Why should I do this? I mean, come on, I'm already going to heaven. No, no. If you obey, if you continue to obey my commandments, then you're free because the truth, you're walking the truth out. Here's the next statement you want to write. The reason I obey God, because obedience, all through the Bible, from Adam to the end of time, obedience brings God's blessings. Obedience brings God's blessing. Obeying God's word commandment brings blessings to every Christ follower. So as I continue to do that, how do I get these blessings? How does it look? Where do I go to discover what God's guardrails are? This is God's word. These are the guardrails for life. That's how you're blessed. So the next statement you want to write is just a reconfirmation of what I just said to you. The Bible is God's guardrails. It's his. See, I know some things are right. I know some things are wrong. Even I know that. But some things I don't get exactly right. So I have to have God telling me, no, 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 you can't do that. How to do life right with God and right with man. That's what the Bible's all about. Now, as I continue to stay in those guardrails, I'll be blessed. As we go through the Ten Commandments, I will be blessed. James chapter 1 says this, If you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free... And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So obedience, obedience brings blessings. Now, if I'm going to obey because I have to, I lose it. You see, obedience is not like if you have your dog and you're trying to train your dog and you always have a little treat right here, okay? The only reason the dog's obeying you is for what? Because they love you. No. They want the what? The treat. Before long, no treat, no obedience. You're familiar with that, aren't you? Yeah, there's no obedience. We're, we're empty pocket, forget it, off they go. You see, if that's the way you're going to treat God, well, God, I'll obey you so you'll bless me in this. No, that's wrong. You obey God because you get to obey God. And as a result of that, obedience, blessings come. And what if we don't obey God? What does life look like if we don't obey God's guardrails? You've been to one of these. You may have been in one. But car out of control. The ambulance is there. The medics are there. There's people hurting. It's a disaster. Some of you here in Melbourne and Sebastian and Vieira, that's what your life looks like right now. Your marriage is a disaster. Your personal life is a disaster. Everything you try ends up outside the guardrails. It's a disaster. Why? Because you didn't abide by God's guardrails. You're trying to do life on your own. You can't do it. It was never designed to be right. God didn't give us guardrails to punish us. 
He gave us guardrails to free us. It's another whole illustration. You can laugh at this one for a moment, then I'll tell you what it really means. Here's a person that says they're a Christian, and they have one foot in God, and they have one foot in the world. One foot in God. I'll obey God when it's convenient. I'll do my thing when I really don't agree with God. Pastor Mark, you're going to talk about things like drug and premarital sex and all this good. Well, adultery, yes, I agree with that. But premarital sex, no, no, no. You don't understand that, the culture we live in. It's okay. Really? No, no, no. God's commandments are timeless. They're cultureless. It's not okay. Well, my taxes are coming up, and, uh, you know, the government really is taking advantage of me. So I am paying my taxes, but very creatively. Really? Really? That's, that's good? That's right? Uh-uh. I want you to see this. I want to give you something to think about. That car is going nowhere. As long as you live in compromise spiritually, you are going absolutely nowhere. Well, what do I do? What if my life's a wreck? What if I'm compromising? Psalm 119, 32 is my favorite psalm as far as this verse. Notice simply what it says. I run in the path of your commands, for you set my heart free. In a moment, we're going to pray. Don't put your Bibles away. Is this you today? Are you running in the path of his commands? In other words, are you within the guardrails of God? Is this your life? Is there blessing? Do you enjoy it? Oh, once in a while you bump up, and of course, we have to ask forgiveness, but you're running in freedom. Or have you never even begun to run? Because you never knew that you couldn't be good enough. Some of you are here, and for the very first time, you've discovered you will not get to heaven by being good enough. You've been water baptized, you've gone to a church, you bring your Bible, you come here, you name it, you give tithes, you take communion. Pastor Mark, that, that's God's rules. I mean, don't I get there? You've discovered that no, you don't get there. The only way you get there is to turn your life over to Jesus Christ. Well, how do you do that? You have to say, God, I'm, I'm a sinner. You died for me. I'm sorry for my sins, sorry enough to change, to come back into the guidelines that you've set for me, come into my life. I repent. Second, some of you are away from God. You're backslidden. You're outside his limits. Your life's a disaster. The reason? You can't do life without God. Some of you are compromising. And you're just going around and around. You're going absolutely nowhere. There's no peace. There's no joy. There's no fulfillment. Today's the day to change. Today, Pastor Mark taught how Jesus' teaching about internalizing God's laws, this was so revolutionary. You heard also how this new rules-keeping was a love-based system rather than an obedience-based one. You will learn that love is to spur you to obey, not from a sense of duty. This is all intended to cause you to ask God for His strength, to be able to do His will. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This is the end of Pastor Mark's teaching, God's Guardrails, Bondage or Freedom. Next time, he'll begin the teaching, No Other Gods. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the first commandment. You'll hear about the importance of putting God first in your life in every way. The need for you to seek God's guidance and obeying Him will be emphasized. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurry.